and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest grew up in a single parent's home with a father that inspired perseverance and fairness. <laughs> Our guest learned how to define his values and set goals and achieve success within that home environment. He later attended Howard University from 1998 to 2002, where he played Division I football. He then followed his dreams, which I'm so excited to talk about, uh, along with his brother, and was eventually drafted into the NFL in 2003. Overall, he played for five years as an offensive lineman with the Titans, the Bulls, the Ravens, and the Jaguars. And even in the offseason, he helped train football players in Europe, both physically and mentally. And now he's helping all of us and supporting those who have big dreams and big goals, but need a roadmap in order to get there within business and within life. He's even written a book called The Success Cycle that we'll talk about later in this episode. So I'm so excited to chat with our guest today, Marcus Ogden. Hello, how are you? Yay, thank you so much for being here today. I'm sure whenever you tell people you used to play in the NFL, they're like, whoa, tell me all about it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start there. How did that happen? (laughs) Well, you know, real quick, Denise, playing in the National Football League was phenomenal, but it wasn't what I was looking to do when I left, you know, high school and got into college. I wanted to be an investment banker and I wanted to follow my dad's footsteps because that was what he was doing, uh, working in downtown Washington, D.C., I got very fortunate to get drafted to the National Football League in 03 by Jack Del Rio and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And actually, Jack Del Rio is now the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins with their team. He was hired this year by the Panthers' old head coach and now current head coach of the Redskins, Rob Rivera. So it was amazing. And to me, and I tell everybody else, the NFL is like anything else other than it's very much glorified because of the fact it's a sports-driven environment. Just like being back in the Roman days when you had the gladiators, that was everybody was in the Colosseum. It was like the only difference was fighting to the death. Back then, today, we don't do that because it's not legal. But that's the same type of, you know, atmosphere, environment. And you, you can go back to, like I said, Roman days, Greek days. Like, that's what athletes were always glorified because of their ability to persevere, their grit, their ability to work hard. And 
They do a lot of things that most people can't do, which is face rejection and failure and overcome that to get to that stage. So that's what the NFL taught me, and I was very fortunate to play for almost for a little almost six years in the NFL uh, when I left college. Awesome. I love that you said, oh, the NFL is just like everything else. <laughs> but you're right. It's like you are being, they always say the 10-year overnight success, right? So when you start playing football and you're head down, focused on it for 10 years throughout high school and college, the difference is, is this happens to be on TV. And so there's a lot of people who have head down, focus, 10-year, quote-unquote, overnight success, who can develop these skills as well. They just aren't on TV. I mean, it's the same thing as you build. And that's every NFL team has an owner, everyone. So like Shahid Khan, who owns the Jaguars, well, he started in the 70s. You know, he has like the, like the bumpers. Like, you know, you have uh, like from your cars, you have like, you have like your bumpers. That's what he built. And, you know, he sold to like four and everybody else. And he built a billion-dollar industry. It took him like 30, 20, 30 years to do it. But he started out, had a goal, had a vision. Uh, my old owner from the, uh, uh, from the Jaguars beforehand, they helped own Nine West Shoes. But Adam was a huge oil tycoon. Like every business, uh, uh, Steve Bashotti owns the Ravens. He has a, a, a labor company, you know, that he owned. And he made a ton of money with that business. So really, it's all about understanding that everything we do in sports is some type of business that drives it. Because every owner made money to pay for that business before football. So some other business venture funds the National Football League every single time. Ooh, okay. So it seems like you've had a lot of mentors that have really been able to pour into you and give you kind of the, the platform to grow in that way. And it sounds like one of your mentors was your dad. Tell me about your home environment and how that propelled you. Well, my dad was my everything. You know, we were born in DC. My brother was born in the 70s, born in 1980. Dad was, you know, the great man, like the quintessential businessman, father, friend, came to every sporting event, was always there. And he taught us about fairness, how to work hard, and that nothing, if something's given to you for free, give it back. You don't want it because you shouldn't have anything given to you because you do, something always is attached to it. Like, I remember my wife got some product from a company, from somebody that she knew, oh, we got this free product going on. We're going to be good to go. We had this, this, and this. Oh, okay. And we got the free product, right? The next month, some product came we didn't order, charged $130 for it. Because again, it, we didn't, it, that's how they make their money. So if, there's, if somebody gets something for free, we don't want it. And I learned that from my father that you have to work for everything. It's just not a question. So really, that's where I got my whole demeanor, my whole persona, from hardworking and even after the NFL, building a construction business, and then after that, failing at that business, losing it all, and this speaking business, like it didn't just come overnight, Denise. It took us, we've been doing this now for six years. Yeah. <laughs> six long years. Yeah, yeah, hard work. You know, it's funny, I, I do a lot of coaching and when I ask people about their dream life, cause that's kind of my platform, like you really can love your life. It doesn't have to suck, <laughs> you can really love it. But it has to take intention and it has to take decision and all of that. Oftentimes they'll like envision life on the beach with no money problems. Of course, they're paying off all their debt and doing all this stuff. And they and they dream about the end goal, which of course we want. But the other step is to dream about all of the hard work it's going to take in order to get there, to dream about the journey, to be falling so in love with the journey that the end result comes instead of staring at that end result and, and waiting for it to come, which we often know it doesn't 
on its own. Well, you know, you can have the best strategic plan ever, but a strategic plan is easy. It's easy to sit there and look at the 30,000 square foot view. I want to have the big house. I want to be Bill Gates. I want to be Warren Buffett. Well, that's great. That's your strategic goal. But I would say about 90%, only 10% of society actually write out a tactical goal or tactical plans to execute what needs to be done every single day to get to that end result of the strategic goal. Because I have clients that I've been working with sometimes, I can say, well, you know, you have a great strategic goal. Let's talk about your tactical goals. Well, what's that? I'm like, well, that's what you need to do to get from A to Z and beyond. And like, oh. So yeah, strategic goal means absolutely nothing without a tactical plan to get there. Yeah, absolutely. The consistency over time is what creates momentum. So you have to be moving in order to create that. So your dad taught you the value of hard work. He instilled that, you know what, we're not, it's not just going to come to us. We're going to, we're going to kind of go get it because we're going to, we're going to create it in our life. We're going to be the hardest working person in the room. What did your coaches and owners in the NFL teach you? Oh, they taught me all about business, about that the game of football is a game, but it's a business. Like you have to make money. You have to be profitable. You have to put the best product out on the field. Otherwise, the fan support who are buying and consuming the services won't show up. And if you don't have that, then the TV ratings goes down. The TV ratings goes down. You won't make as much money when it comes to buying out the TV contracts. This is why... The Cowboys, I'm not a Cowboy fan, never will be. But Jerry Jones, that star is so recognizable since the 70s that they always get, what, all the sellouts. It's America's team to love or hate. And Jerry Jones loves it because if you're talking about the Cowboys, then you're talking about his business. It's more like you're going to buy something or hate something. Even if you hate something, you're watching to watch them lose. Well, if you're watching, he's making money. So it's all about marketing, strategy, tactics, business. And if you're not profitable in a venture, you will have to make adjustments and pivot. Otherwise, that business will eventually falter. Oh, that is so interesting to think it's not, I mean, yes, it's about the athlete, but it really is about the profitability of the entire team, the entire franchise, the entire brand, essentially. Correct. Because the owner doesn't care about an individual player's success. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. He cares about what does the success of the team going to drive me into a more profitable arena. And so if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, the most important thing you need to do for your business is get people talking about your business, marketing, getting out there, social media. Like that's how we got together. One of my coaching clients referred me to you. I'm here. I had people say, I heard your podcast, Marcus. I heard this. Hey, what you're speaking about? Hey, tell me about your book. If people aren't talking about you or don't know about you, they can't buy your product. Yeah. This can't happen. Put the best product out on the field. Always. Out in the field, out in the marketplace. It doesn't matter what arena for sport you're in. Put the best product out on the field, in the arena. That's the most important thing. So after your NFL days, what did you do next? And how did you take all of those pieces and experiences into your next venture? I struggled with transition for about six months. And then I found a construction business in Baltimore City. And I did it because there was a huge gap in having any minority certified businesses to take that market share. So I got into it for the wrong reasons of this money, 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 and wanting big checks. 
So the company did well for about the first four and a half years. And in the last six months of that time, the company had massive growth. But the problem was the last six months, maybe like the last 12 months altogether, I was a very egotistical individual. We're making a lot of money. Uh, you couldn't talk to me. So I, I looked at like the dollar bill, the green. I stopped looking at people, products as far as the because products were people in my business. I stopped valuing people's thoughts, emotions. I lost an inclusive environment. I became a real, you know, a real pain in the ass, to be honest. And I just stopped listening to people. And because of that, I ended up losing my business and going bankrupt in 2013 when I got overextended on a, on a project and I spent about two and a half million dollars of my money unexpectedly. And as a result of that, I did not get paid back by the developer and contractor as I thought I would. And I filed a bankruptcy, lost it all. Wow. Okay. There's a lot that can be learned and unpacked from those six years, I'm sure. When did you recognize that your ego had taken over and you were staring at the dollar sign rather than adding value to your people? Right before, about the last three months, right? Right before we had the real job issue and I was pouring money in. The real light for me was about maybe two months after my best employee left the company because I didn't listen to him. And that was like, uh-oh, that was my light turn on. But I was like, okay, well, I'm too proud and too egotistical even to even let him know how good he was. I'm a, I'll figure it out. And nope, didn't figure it out. Oh, I wish that there was like a light bulb that went off when our ego is making decisions. Because <laughs> sometimes we don't realize it or recognize it. That's right. You're, you're, you're so right. We don't even think about what we're doing because we're so caught in our own wanting to run the show having all the power, having all the, the you know, being the shot caller, like we get so caught up in that and that's not the way to live. I guess that is the light then, the, the little ding light when our eyes are focused on us rather than the people we're serving. Or, or, or for you, you are creating a business. So it was the culture you're creating with your employees. The culture went from phenomenal to just catastrophic. And it all started with me because oh. I set the culture. And as an entrepreneur, and this is what I'm gonna tell, tell your audience, don't get mesmerized by early success. I'm 39 years old, been around the block many times in businesses. I've seen companies that do well, that falter, hang on. I've been in one I've, that's, that's been one that's rising and I know how to look out for the signs today versus when I had a company that was rising and it, I just didn't know what to do. And really and truly, don't get mesmerized by early success because if you do and you start believing that you know everything and you can't take advice, that is the beginning of your demise. Ooh, okay. So tell me about the transition to your next venture because a lot of us listening are like, all right, we might not have had a bankruptcy or a business fail, but we're at a place where we're like, we're ready for something new. We're pivoting. We're in that transition right now. And that sometimes it can, like you said, the first time it lasted six months, it can last five years if you're not careful. Sure. So what did you do to move through and find your next step? So what I did was I had a pivotal moment at my life when I hit rock bottom. I was a custodian making $8.25 an hour working in downtown Raleigh, which I was, that's not the low part. The low part is when somebody's trash got on my bare skin at 4.30 in the morning, taking my trash out on my shift. And I said, wow, what has happened to my life? 
And I realized there was no accountability anywhere in the field, the state, the country, even the globe in my life. And I had to imply that and put it back in. I had to implement that back into my life. So I re-implemented, you know, accountability and structure. And I came home that day and I wrote out some goals. What did I want to do? I have issues with accountability. I've made mistakes. I want to share my story and be a speaker. And I wrote some goals out. It took me two and a half years to get my first paid job. And what I didn't do correctly at the time was I wrote my goals out, but I didn't write down my strengths, what I'm good at and what I'm weak at. Focus on my strengths or double down on them and then delegate the weaknesses, which I didn't do. And as a result of that, I ended up putting myself in a position where it took me a lot longer to get my speaking career going. But once I figured it out, I started putting some people in place. But the number one thing that your audience has to do is write, come write their goals out, put them on paper. In your mind, it's not enough because if it's in your mind, you can change, you can shift. Of course, you can erase things, but you're more likely to hold yourself accountable if you can see them. And then the next thing they need to do is double down on their strengths delegate their weaknesses. Build your business off what you do well. This way you're energized, you're passionate about going to do it because you don't do that and you follow the money or chase something else like me, it'll eventually crash and burn. Ooh, so good. Strengths, double down on your strengths. And as solopreneurs, it can feel like you have to do everything. And, and it can feel like we, we have, we're the CEO, we're the shipping department, we're the designer, we're the content we're creator. We're everybody. <laughs> and it can feel overwhelming to start letting go of some of that control to other people or find people that you really trust to uh-huh. carry your vision. How did you start outsourcing? Basically, it took a while and Somebody that I met off of LinkedIn, I started, we met and she started giving me some ideas about my social media, how it wasn't doing so well. So I started taking a little bit of advice from her and we started just chatting more about business. I have structure and strategize and we grew together. We met in 2017 and today, you know, we've been now working together for three years, but it took time and she was good at social media content, everything else. I was not good at that. I was struggling immensely. Then she started adding more things. She started taking more courses. She started learning how to do Google Docs, learning how to do you know PowerPoint, learning how to do things and everything else. And today, we now have a great team of people. We have her. Her name is Dawn Wiener. Then we have my other associate, George Saad, that's all of our website design, our SEO. Then we have a young lady named Tracy Perlman, who does like our branding deals, people approach us for branding or influencer. And that's my core team. And of course, my wife is my business partner, but that's our core makeup team. But it started with Dawn and I meeting on LinkedIn and then just having some conversations about, well, what do you think about this? And then just trying to create a vision. But what I'll tell your audience right now, don't be in a rush to add someone onto your team. I know it seems tempting. Oh, they did that one thing right. They're great. They're ready. I've made that mistake. It takes time. And then eventually Dawn moved here to where I am in Raleigh so she can be close to the business. And now she's here and we're more like partners in the business as well. So, but again, it took three years to get here, right? And a lot of people, because they want success quickly, will make bad decisions 
because they're in such a rush to get that client to say, boop, let's do it. Boop, right. sign up. Boop, let's make the rain. Not like that. Well, and, and I love that because number one, you're writing a list of your strengths. What do I thrive in? What brings me energy? What could I do all day and it doesn't feel like work? And then what are the things that make me want to hit my head against the wall? <laughs> Where do I need help? And I know design for me is a huge one. Like I'm just not a designer. And now we're in a day and age where everything's pictures and beautiful and all these things. And so outsourcing your weaknesses. I know for me, what we did is we went to Upwork and we gave the same project to like seven to 10 different people and had them all come back. And then we found the top three that we really liked and gave them all a second project. So we could really filter out and find a few people that could fill this need that I had. And, uh -huh. and so it is, it's being strategic, it's being thoughtful, it's writing a list of help you need and then how you can go find it so you can create a well-rounded team. Because my weaknesses, your weaknesses, right, are someone else's passions. <laughs> That's, it. That's so right. That's so correct. So like website, I suck at website design, SEO. George loves it. It's all he does all day long. I'm not good at like telling people about branding or want to pay me to be an influencer. Not my thing. Tracy loves it. Creating images, PowerPoints, you know, designs, opening up Zoom links, all that stuff. Nope, I suck at it. But Dawn's amazing at it. So that's what we do. We build around each other. And now we, and nobody, here's the thing, entrepreneur, your audience has to know. Nobody will always have everything right all the time. Not going to happen. But you just want to have enough right, enough of the time that you're doing great big things. That's the, what I would tell your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you have since wrote a book called The Success Cycle, which talks about the importance of ambition, drive, and hard work. And when you bring all of these things together, you have the best chance for achieving success. So tell us a little bit about why you wrote it and what it's about. So I wrote it because I wanted to give people a roadmap of how I've had success in my life in the sports arena, construction, and now speaking. Sports I knew about when I started in high school and grew it to that, and it really helped me. And I turned the success cycle on my last year of college, got drafted. I didn't know anything about construction. I should never been in it. But I used the success cycle in the first four years of the business, went from $0 to an eight-figure annual business. And in speaking, I was literally like lost, didn't know how to go, how to start, coaching, consulting, oh, none of that. I put the success cycle into that. Now we have a very reputable, very well-respected coaching, speaking, consulting business. Now, the book was written in the frame of mind of giving people a blueprint. So let's talk about that. Ambition is that. It's, it's identifying your goals, creating a roadmap for your success. It's your blueprint. Drive is about the inner force inside of you to keep pushing when everybody tells you making a mistake. It's being inspired, over-motivated, and it talks about breaking out of your comfort zone. Number three is hard work. Focus on you, not the competition. You know as well as I do. Business owners get caught up in the social media comparison. Oh, that company's going there. They're going and flying here and this. You have no idea what their life is like off of the screen. That's why I work so hard to put out on the brand the struggles, the realness, the good days, the bad days, the ups, the downs, you know, all this type of stuff. Because otherwise, I don't want people to think that my entire life is all glitz and glam and it's amazing with the speaking and all. And it is a great life. 
but I have challenges. I have hard days. I have those days I'm like, man, is this going to be the day's day I got to deal with? I still get up and I still deal with it. But if you put those three things into your life in that order, you can have success. And the book is doing extremely well. Like I say, it's on Amazon online, Barnes and Noble online, and it's in every bookstore in the country for Barnes and Noble in the, in the business section. But when I was a custodian, right? Because I was a custodian. I was driven to be successful. I was hardworking. I focused on myself, but I had no ambition. I didn't have a goal. I was just getting up every day, being driven to succeed and hardworking. But where did I go? I kept going in the hamster wheel because I had no goals. I had no direction. So now if I have direction, I have great goals, and I'm driven to be the best. But if I don't work hard, what good is it? Because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna see it through. I'll go for a little while, and I'll just quit. If I'm hardworking and ambitious but I'm not willing to step out of my comfort zone, life's going to always be right there. The same life where you're living what I call one of my favorite movies by Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. You're living Groundhog's Day. So it's all about, number one, identifying your goals, creating your blueprint. That's ambition. Two, step out of the comfort zone and stop waiting for great things to happen to you. You go make them happen. And three, hard work. Focus on yourself, not the competition. If you can do the success cycle and then hit the repeat button, you can do anything you want in life. Ooh, it is. These are like the success habits that when they become habits, if you ever feel stuck or in that transition, you can cut that transition or pivot down by half by saying, all right, well, what is my next goal? And and you feel inspired because you're excited about it. You're passionate about it. And you're following through on the success cycle. So I can see how this can be applied to every area of your life. Absolutely. Doesn't matter if it's your personal life. It doesn't matter if you have a real estate business, mortgage business, financial planning, insurance. It doesn't matter. A restaurant, own a franchise. That's why we wrote this. It's success never goes out of style. Never does. So my first book, uh, The Sleepless Nights, good story, but that's all it was. It was a story. It wasn't any action steps. It was just like, ah, eh, here's a story what I've gone through. Here's my little football life. Here's what I did, you know, all that. And now I'm trying to get myself going. That's what it was. This one is the backstory. But if you want to be whatever you want to be in life, this will help you get there by giving you a step-by-step action process to go from A to Z. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I love what you said too, about not just showing your highlight reel, because when you show the vulnerable parts, the fearful parts, the ups and downs of normal everyday life, you are going to have even that stronger of a connection with your audience. You relate to them so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's so true. I often think, you know, people don't care that I'm on the stage. They want to know that I'm just like them. Yep. You know, they want to know yep. that we're normal people who just implemented the success cycle and they can too. Right. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's a three-step. Pro- and that's what it's not. And it's a short read. It's like 120 pages, like short read, big font. It's not a brainiac book. We're not trying to like, wow, you like a thousand page, you know, dissertation or We're not trying to make you feel that we're smarter than you. It's a keep it simple mentality. When you keep something simple, people can digest it and read it and comprehend it like that and put it into play. If you want to start trying to be like this dissertation, right, this Sigmund Freud type book, you're going to reach a certain audience, but it's going to be limited. This one, it doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, 
I have clients that are, have families that are reading. Like they have kids that are like, you know, 14 that are reading. It's 16, the family, the mom, the dad. One of my good clients, and she said, Marcus, I bought it for my husband for Valentine's Day. He's loving it. Then I got it next. And then our son, Anton and Gus are after, are after me. It can go to everybody. So it's not like something for one person or one genre, because if you know how to get success or have an idea, wherever you want to do, you can put the success cycle in and have it in your lane. Doesn't matter what you want to do. Awesome. Absolutely. Tell me about a client that you started working with after you've kind of figured out some of the bugs of your business and you were able to speed up other people's desires for growing their business as well because you had you'd learned. So tell me about a client that you worked with that saw success. One of my clients, Victor Johnson out of Dallas, Texas area. We've been a guy coaching for about a year and a half. Uh, well, yeah, about a year and a half. And he wanted to be a speaker. He was the director of a call center, made really good money, left the job, wasn't enjoying the hours. And I helped him through learning how to post more on social media, how to be more active, how to take the position of being somebody that literally got out there and was a leader. And for about six months, he was very not, not excited because things weren't going his way. I said, Vic, look, it took me two and a half years. So you're two years ahead of me right now. And today, when he posts on social media, he gets about, you know, on LinkedIn, he'll get about, you know, anywhere from 80 to 100 likes or comments. And people are now seeing him as a leader in his expertise of credit repair, finance, and real estate. And he's doing great, getting paid engagements. When I met him, he had not one paid engagement. Now he's getting consistent paid engagements. He's doing great with his book, or he's done a re-release of his book. And we got into the setting the foundation of, again, people want to see you as a thought leader before they're going to pay you to want to hire you or work with you. But then once you're the thought leader, you have to kind of go back and be that relatable everyday person so you don't get feel like you're untouchable so they can reach out and touch you. He's done that and he's had great success. And I'm so proud of what he's doing and he's growing a very successful speaking uh, and coaching business. That's awesome. So how do you go about getting paid engagement? Oh, it's your network and then you referrals. But I mean, I started out with my first corporate client was NetApp. Then I got a reference letter that went to New York Life, then to MetLife and da, 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 da. And now Three years later, I've worked for 13 Fortune 500 companies. Of the 13, eight are Fortune 100. I was at Liberty Neutral a couple weeks ago. Axe Advisors has been a client. Home Depot, New York Life, MetLife, Siemens, Cisco. But again, it all started with the inner circle, then doing a good job, and then promoting yourself out to get more people to see who you are. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I love that you wrote a book that's so so accessible for most people who are like, all right, I really want to level up. So you guys go to marcusogden.com and you'll see the link for the success cycle or just go to amazon.com and get the book because I think no matter where in life you are looking to grow, whether it's health, whether it's relationships, whether it's finances or your business, uh, when you know these skills, you can apply them anywhere and you can see success in all areas of your life. So two last questions for you. My first question is, what are some like books that you've read that have been really powerful for you or things that you've listened to that have been like game changers that you always refer people to? I read Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success by Steve Harvey. That was a good one about, you know, what it likes to, to be successful and act successful and, and be, a, you know, a total well-rounded person. 
because success is not about money. It's about if you make money, you're doing the great things, that's awesome. But how are you treating people and what's your overall persona and how you act that you can conduct yourself like a successful person? Awesome. Awesome. And then we know that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> we have to keep our vision strong and our work ethic solid, doing something every single Even day. stronger. So, yeah, exactly. That's so true. So what do you do every day that keeps you filled up and focused forward? Like what's one thing you do every day that you couldn't live without? The gym, the gym. I mean, of course, my family is obvious, but far as something outside of my family, out of the household is the gym. I made a post today on LinkedIn. I'm 39 and I'm getting older, but I still go to the gym every day and I show up and I'm consistent and I lift and I core and I run and I'm actually in better shape than a lot of the 20 guys in their 20s I play basketball with because I show up every day. And it's not about lifting the house or things like that. It's about just showing up, being consistent. And that's the same thing in life. If you want to be successful in corporate America, you got to show up. If you don't show up, you can't win. And then you have to be consistent in your efforts when you show up. Because showing up is great, but it won't get you to the finish line and beyond. So for me, it's, the, it's gym, fitness, health, and wellness from a whole mind and body perspective. Because without that, there is no baseline for me to get from where I am to where I want to be. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love your energy. I love your focus. You've got an amazing message that really will impact anybody, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or a CEO, uh, they can benefit from the content that you're putting out. So thank you for not giving up within those three years and for like figuring out your, <laughs> your, your system and, and what you use to continue growing. So then you can come back and, and teach others what you learned and I'll help them to create and craft their own. So you guys, the website will be below. And I know you have an email opt-in that they can connect with you further as yep. well as getting the success cycle. So is there anything else that you'd want to add before we say goodbye? I'll just say this. I'll say this main thing. Entrepreneurs, please remember this message. When you're trying to get with new clients or grow your business, do this process. Make sure to communicate your why, your how, and your what. Why are you doing what you're doing and why should that client work with you? It's got to come across in your why. How can you help them? How can your product help them make more money, save them time, get more things in their day accomplished? What's the how? And then for goodness sakes, the what? What can they expect by hiring you or working with you or continue to work with you? More profitability, better revenue share, better marketing strategy. So you have to, and it's got to be in that order. Otherwise, you're going to put yourself off track. Your why, your how, and your what. If you clearly communicate those three things in that process, you can have anything you desire as far as your business. Boom. Awesome. That was a great way to end it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart with us today. And to everyone listening, remember to dream big. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big. <laughs>